of a uh, message. If you missed A, most of you were here, but uh, maybe I'll reiterate just a little bit. Uh, last night we began the two-part message of fear God, don't fear man. Fear God, don't fear man. So we looked at uh, many, many scriptures we read, and uh, we, we looked at the, uh, the obvious evidences in our world today of the lack of the fear of, fear of God, as you look and see what's going on in our nation uh, today. And uh, even just uh, today, I understand there was another police uh, murder. I don't know if you heard about that, but this, this morning, about 8 o'clock, um, and uh, it was some kind of an altercation, but, but uh, the policeman uh, lost his life in the in that, and you look at things like that, and you can say, you know, there is no fear of God. There's certainly in our society today. We looked at the benefits, uh, the individual benefits of the fear of God, and uh, how God has promised to those that fear Him and keep His commandments that He He will take care of them and He will watch after them, and and uh, the His angels will take care of them, etc. A lot of different things. Uh, concerning God's provision and uh, blessings on those that uh, those individuals that fear Him, we looked at also uh, the benefits for our churches. The Bible talks about in the in the New Testament how when the churches feared God and was keeping His commandment, they multiplied, they flourished, they were blessed. And then we looked uh, just briefly at how the fear of God can be a blessing to our country as uh, the leaders and the country as a whole follow the Lord. And then looking uh, lastly, last night, how to develop uh, the fear of the Lord, how to increase our fear of the Lord, and uh, several things mentioned, but the main thing is through the Word of God. It's amazing how as you get to know God, you begin to fear Him more and more. And that fear, obviously, is not just being scared of God. It is an awe, a reverence. And yes, a dread to displease our God, our Heavenly Father who judges sin. But the fear of God can, can develops in our heart and life as we get to know God. We mentioned Psalm 33 where the Bible says that all the world stands in awe of this God that created the heavens and the earth. And as the more we get to know God and His power, the more... We fear Him. We reverence Him. We stand in awe of Him. And uh, challenge you to take time and uh, read the Word of God. Have a plan. And uh, have a time when you sit down with the Word of God each day and read it. Because there's nothing like uh, getting the Word of God in us that will develop in us a proper respect, a proper reverence, a proper fear of God. And I hope that you will keep that up. I'm sure there, been, there were several last night. We didn't ask for hands, but I'm sure there were several last night that said, you know, there's probably a time when I regularly read the Word of God. There may have been a time in the past when, when I spent more time in the Word of God. And, I, and I'm just challenged. The Holy Spirit spoke, spoke to me tonight about doing that. Don't let Satan take that away from you, all right? But uh, make sure that you work at it. If you miss today, don't miss tomorrow, all right? And develop. They say that it takes about 
60 days, is it, or 30 days to, to develop a habit if you just do it daily, 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 daily. And so after a while, uh, it, it becomes a part of your life and you miss it when you don't do it. When you first start out, a lot of times you can kind of do, oh yes, I forgot my Bible. You know, I, I didn't read, read that Bible that, the day. But after a while, when it gets ingrained in you and a habit, you, uh, you know, yes, I, I haven't gotten to my Bible yet today, but I'm going to. You know, something happened. I couldn't do it in my regular time, but I'm going to, uh, because I miss out on it so much when I don't do it. But tonight, the fear of man. And I hope this will be a, a great challenge and a help to us tonight. It has been in my life if I, as I've considered this and uh, asked the Lord to be a help to me personally in this area of my life. You know, personalities can change. Personalities can differ from one person to the other. And there are other people, there are some people that are typically very shy around people. And there are other people that are not quite so shy. You know, they're a little bolder. They're a little, it's a little bit easier for them uh, to uh, talk to people, to communicate with people, uh, to uh, perhaps even to, you know, converse with people, whatever. But no matter what personality you have, we as Christians need to be careful because Satan will trip us up with this fear of man. And I don't know anyone that is honest that would say, oh, I've never been in a situation where I let the fear of man keep me from saying something that I should have said or kept me from doing something uh, that I should have done, acting in a certain way, saying a certain thing. I think if we were all honest tonight, we could think of times when we let something go by and we, because of the fear of man. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs 29. As we look at this, at, at the verse here in Proverbs 29, I, I want this to be a challenge tonight, but I also want it to be an encouragement to you, and I hope it will be in the days as we go forward. Proverbs chapter 29. Fear God, don't fear man. Proverbs 29 verse 25. Proverbs 29, verse 25. The Bible says, The fear of man bringeth a snare. The fear of man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity once again to gather together around the Word of God. Thank you for these folks who have seen the importance in their life to be here and have graciously come tonight to listen to the Word of God. I pray that the Holy Spirit would work in each heart and life, work in my life. I pray that you would help me to say the things I should say, not say the things I should not say. pray that you would guide my thoughts, my words. May the Word of God go forth in a in a, an effective way tonight. And the only way that can happen is through the work of the Holy Spirit. I depend upon you tonight and ask for your power and your help, your enabling. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, down through the history of even the Bible, we see many instances where the fear of man had a great effect on a certain happening. Uh, we might we might think of of Moses 
how when God came to Moses and he says, I, I want you to lead my children out of, out of Egypt and into the promised land, the land that's overflowing with milk and honey. And uh, Moses immediately started making some excuses, didn't he? He says, I, you know, I can't talk in front of people. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not eloquent. And so I, I, I'm, I'm afraid I can't do that. Well, what was he doing? He was letting the fear of man keep him from doing something that God wanted him to do. Can you think back in a time in our life, perhaps a, a pastor somewhere in the back have asked us to teach a class. Oh, I can't, I don't think I can do that, you know. Our, uh, our music directors ask you to sing in choir. Oh, I don't think I can do that, you know. Why? Because sometimes we say, well, you know, I just, it, it makes me nervous. I can't stand in front of people or I can't sing in front of people. I can't do this because of people. And Moses faced that same thing and he said, God, I can't do this. The fear of man was keeping him back from doing God's will. We think of Abraham. Abraham, uh, when he was going and he was traveling, he was going down and, uh, his wife, Sarah, must have been quite a looker, you know, because at this time she was, she was getting on up there in years. But as Moses was going into this different land here, he said, he said, Sarah, here's what we're going to do. He says, I'm afraid that when we get down there, that somebody, the king or somebody else is going to want you for his wife. And so instead of saying you're my wife, we're going to just say you're my sister. All right. Which was kind of a half truth because she was a half sister, you know, and so kind of a kind of a half truth. But uh, he says, we're going to just say you're my sister, not my wife. Why? Because he was scared of what might what man might do to him. And we remember all the trouble that brought. Right. And uh, didn't work. Wasn't a good situation at all. We think of the ten spies. We mentioned the the um, the promised land a while ago. How Moses was was scared to talk in front of people, but the ten spies they went into the uh, to to spy out the land, you know. And uh, uh, actually, there was twelve of them, counting the good spies. But the ten ten spies that had lack of faith, when they went into land, they looked at the people and they said, "Oh." They're huge, you know, there's giants in the land. And we're just grasshoppers in their sight. And they're, they're huge. We can't do this. We can't do this. Why? Because of their fear of man. Now, we can kind of, uh, you know, diss on them a little bit and say, oh, they didn't have any faith, those guys. But how many times in our life has the same thing happened to us? When we didn't say a word that we should, we didn't, when we didn't share the gospel when we should have. When we didn't stand up for Christ when we should have because, I wonder what people will think. Or because I'm nervous. Or because I just can't do that, you know. And so tonight my challenge is to get past the fear of man. Don't fear man. Fear God, but don't fear man. I think one of the greatest evidences of our fear of man one of the greatest evidences is our lack of outreach to people. Now, I've mentioned it in passing already, but I'd like to hone in on that just a little bit. You know, I, again, I won't take a survey because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I wonder if I ask how many of you have witnessed to someone in the last week? 
Or what if I'm more generous than that? How many people have witnessed to someone, told them about Christ in the last month? Or the last three months? Or the last six months? Or the last year? And sorry to say, there's, there are many Christians in our churches today that have never shared the gospel with someone. You know, that's not right. Do they know that people need the gospel? Yes. Do they, do they know that, that, that Christ wants them to share that gospel? I think so. If we look, in fact, turn over to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. We'll just quickly look at, look at this great commission here. Matthew chapter 28. A familiar passage of scripture. Just before Christ ascended back into heaven, in Matthew 28, in verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. The Bible gives that burden upon us as Christians. It's not just the pastor. Sometimes people have this, this thought in their mind, well, you know, that's why we hire the pastor. And he goes out and he beats the bushes, you know, and he tells people about God. But it's not just the pastor's job. It's not just his job to share the gospel. It's not just his job to invite folks to church. It's our job also as a Christian. We that know the Lord are to share the gospel with people. And the greatest hindrance of that is the fear of man. Sometimes people will say, well, you know, I just, I just don't know what to say. Well, what is that? That's our fear of man in it. We think, oh, I'm going to look, I'm going to look silly, or I'm going to look bad, or I'm going to look, uh, you know, unintelligent because I won't know what to say. What if they ask me a hard question, you know? So we let the fear of man stop us from doing our primary job. You know, as a Christian, our primary job is to reach people for Christ. As a church, our primary mission is to reach people for Christ and then discipline or disciple them so that they can go out and reach more people for Christ. And yet many times when the opportunity comes, we stay quiet. Because of our fear of man. Paul admonished Timothy. I won't take time to turn to it tonight because we have several other things I want to go over. But Paul admonished Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. That's a great verse, isn't it? And maybe be a good one to memorize. Good one to stick up on our mirror where we see it every day, you know? For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. 
you may be sitting here tonight and say, okay, Brother Doyle, I, I agree. You know, I've been there. I have. You know, I've been there personally where I didn't say what I should have said, where I didn't do what I was supposed to do because I thought, you know, I don't know. What, what are they going to think, you know? The fear of man. How do we overcome that? I want to give you several things here. Uh, very practical. Our time will be done and uh, we'll, we'll go home, all right? How do we overcome the fear of man? First of all, realize that we owe a debt. That we owe a debt. Um, turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. You're probably not that far away if you turn to Matthew. Romans chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 14. I don't know about you, but I, I hate to owe a debt. And if I do owe a debt, I'm going to pay that debt. And it's on my mind until I get it paid. And uh, when, when, uh, when, a, when a debt is there, it just kind of preys on my mind. And I think about it. And I say, I, you know, I need to get that paid off. I need to repay that, whether it's money or whether it's a, a favor or what it is, you know. I need to repay that debt. Well, we need to think as Christians, I owe people the gospel. And here in Romans chapter 1, verse 14, Paul says, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. He goes on to say, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So Paul says, I'm a debtor. I owe a debt. And as a Christian, we each owe that debt of telling and sharing the gospel with other people. We have come to the cross. We have trusted Christ as our Savior. We know the joy of the forgiveness of the Lord. We know the peace and the satisfaction that it brings in our heart and in our life. We know the wonderful benefits of knowing the Lord to ourselves. How can we say we don't owe that to others? We owe it to Him. Every person that we meet, the people that we rub shoulders with every day, those that we see occasionally, we owe a debt to them. And as we let that sink into our hearts and minds, we ought to see a mission field that is ripe. Christ said, look upon the fields, for they're white already to harvest. When you see people, what do you see? Do you just see a man, a lady, a child? Or when we see people, do we see a soul who needs Christ? A soul to whom I owe a debt, a debt of sharing the gospel, a debt of reaching them for Christ. And just as Paul said, I am a debtor, we're a debtor. So number one, overcome the fear of God by realizing we owe them a debt. Number two, Realize, and some of these things are very practical, I hope, for us. Realize that you're not the only one that struggles with the fear of man. You know, sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm the only one, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, people, Brother Doyle, Pastor Fleming, they, they won't understand how hard it is sometimes. 
We're all people. We're all human. And we all struggle with this. And realize you're not the only one that has that problem. Paul, in fact, later on, asked the Ephesians to pray for him that he would have boldness. Now, can you imagine that? The Apostle Paul, the one who penned most of the New Testament, asking prayer that they would pray that he would be bold. I mean, how could you, you know, that's that's almost mind-boggling, isn't it? But if Paul asked for prayer that he would be bold in his outreach, how much more can we realize, you know, I'm not the only one. And dear God, help me to be bold. And maybe ask someone else, pray for me, pray with me, that I will be bold in my witness for Christ. That I will be bold and burdened for outreach to reach people with the gospel. So realize that we owe a debt. Realize that we're not the only one who struggles with this. And then number three, realize that your strength comes from God. Realize that your strength and ability comes from God. So many times we look at ourselves and we say, well, I, you know, I can't do it. You know, I'm, I'm shy. Uh, you might not believe this, but basically I've, you know, as I, as you get older, I think you get a little bit less shy perhaps. But when I was a youngster, I was very, very shy. And it took a lot to get over to be able to just uh, talk to people, you know. And uh, in fact, when I was a kid, I hated to answer the phone. I don't know if any of you were there, uh, you know, have ever, ever been there. But I would, you know, either answer or call somebody on the phone or, you know, what I was just too shy. I would rather give up whatever I had to give up rather than call somebody. You know, if I needed to know something, if I couldn't talk one of my brothers and sisters into calling or my mom or dad into calling, a lot of times I would just miss out because I didn't want to, you know. And so as we look within ourselves, we're going to see that we are not adequate no matter who we are. We need to realize that our strength comes from God. Now, here's some encouraging verses. Write down some of these, uh, some, some of these verses, all right? Psalm 56, 3. The Bible says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. <laughs> Good? Psalm 56. Psalm 118, 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? That's a good thought, isn't it? It says, the Lord is on my side. I'm not going to fear because what can man do to me? Have you thought about that? Why are we scared? Why, why do we hold back? What are they going to do to us that is so terrible? Maybe they'll laugh. Is that going to hurt us? You know, <laughs> not really, is it? Maybe they'll make fun of us. Maybe, you know, if worst scenario, maybe they will kill us. But for a Christian, is that all bad? No, in fact, it's good. <laughs> I'm, I am convinced that when we get to heaven, we will wonder, why did I want to stay on earth, you know, all those years? Uh, here I am enjoying heaven, walking the streets of gold, and uh, being able to fellowship with friends that have gone on before and family that have gone on before, and most of all, being able to kneel before my Savior. 
and look into his face. Now, that, that doesn't mean that we all want, should want to go to heaven tonight, all right? Why? Because God has a job for us here on this earth. And God has given us, I think, a God-given desire for this life. And that is God-given and is natural and it's normal. In fact, if you don't, it's not normal, you know? So you should desire to live on this earth. You should desire to stay here as long as God allows you to stay here. But I'm convinced once we get there, we're going to say, man, was I missing out? This is wonderful. So if, if we were killed for our Christian faith, we would wake up in heaven rejoicing. So what is there to fear for man? When you get right down to it, nothing except maybe bruising our pride just a little bit, right? Isn't that what keeps us from wanting people maybe to mock us or wanting people to laugh at us or perhaps think that we're a little different from them? What? It's our pride. You know, and we struggle with that all the time, don't we? Pride is such an ugly, 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 ugly thing. It rears itself up in just some of the worst times. And uh, we think, oh, you know, I can't do that because of this and that and the other. I don't want people to think this about me. I don't want to think people. No, serve the Lord and realize that your strength comes from Him. What can man do to us? And the answer to that is nothing. They can do nothing to us of importance. In Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Wow. You know, that might should go right below that verse with the, that we, we mentioned before about the fear of man bringing a snare, right? And what a wonderful verse. Isaiah 51, 7 says, Hearken to me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. Don't be afraid of them. Isaiah 51, 8, the next verse says, for the moth shall eat them up like a garment, and the worm shall eat them like wool. But my righteousness shall be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. He says, we don't need to be frightened of them. You know, they, they, they claim all this intelligence and all this sophistication and everything like that. We don't need to be scared of them. Why? Because we know their end, don't we? We shouldn't rejoice in that. But we know that we're on the winning side and they're on the losing side unless they change and trust Christ as their Savior. That's our hope, that's our prayer, and that's our endeavor for that to happen. But it's wonderful as a Christian to realize I don't have to be scared of their revilings. I don't have to be scared of the reproaches that, that they bring upon me because I know that I'm on the winning side. Don't, do you like to win? I do, you know. I'm fairly competitive, I guess, you know, and uh, I, I love to win. And it is great to know that we're on the winning side as a Christian, isn't it? You know, all the, these, these people that, that mock Christ and these people that want to get rid of every, every vestige of Christ and Jesus, Jesus Christ in, this, in our land, His name, prayer, all that. These people, one of these days, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess 
that Jesus Christ is Lord. But for many, it's going to be too late, isn't it? Pray God we can reach some of them before it's too late. In Hebrews 13.5, the Bible says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. The, the presence of God, I will never leave thee. As, as you ask for his help, as you ask for his boldness, you can realize he's right there with you, never to leave you, never to forsake you. Hebrews 13.6 goes on to say, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So number one, how to overcome the fear of man, realize that you owe a debt. Number two, realize that you're not the only one with this problem. A lot of times that is a help to us, you know, uh, and other people have overcome this problem just like you can. Number three, realize your strength comes from God, not from you, not from your intelligence, not from anything else. It comes from God. And then uh, number four, pray for boldness and opportunity. Pray for boldness and opportunity. You know, that's, a, that's one of those times where uh, it seems like many of us are a little bit frightened to pray that, aren't we? But what a wonderful thing if every person in this church, every Christian born again, blood-bought, on their way to heaven, could start each day saying, Dear God, lead me to someone today that I can influence with the gospel. Lead me to someone today who I can share the gospel with, who I can give a tract to, who I can have an influence on their life for good. And as we pray that, don't you think that'd be a great prayer? God will give us opportunity. God will bring opportunities along in our, in our life. People who are looking, there are still people who are searching for answers. There are people in this area, in our neighborhoods, and in our towns, in the surrounding towns that are still looking for answers to life. And we have them. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit would lead us to those people. And then that we would have the boldness, that we would have uh, the, the oppor- as we have the opportunity to share with them the gospel of Christ. So pray. Pray for boldness. Pray for each other, just as Paul asked the Ephesians to pray for him. Pray for each other that we'll have the boldness and we'll have the opportunities to share the gospel. And then one last very practical thing is the fifth thing on how to overcome the fear of man is carry tracks. Carry tracks with you. I don't know about you, but... The biggest, biggest stumbling block for me to give someone a tract is that I don't have one with me. Have you ever been there? Have you been there? You know, had the opportunity to talk to someone, had the opportunity, uh, you know, maybe even to talk about church or whatever, but you didn't really have the opportunity to spend, 
you know, 15 minutes explaining the gospel. It was kind of one of these, you know, you're kind of made the contact and you're going on and, and you think, oh man, I, I could have given them a tract. But you didn't have one. And so we need to make sure that we get in the habit of carrying tracks. In fact, tonight, I'm going to stand at the back door like I usually do, and I'm going to have some tracks in my hand, and I'm going to give it to you as I shake your hand, all right? Why? Because we need to get in the habit of carrying tracks. It just happened to me just the other day. I said, oh, no. I looked around. I, I usually try to leave some in the car and, and try to leave some different places where I can grab them, you know, real quick. And uh, I, was, I was speaking to someone, and I, it happened to me. I said, I don't have one with me. But as we get in the habit, the, the more we have one, the more we can share a tract with someone which will show them and tell them about Jesus Christ. You say, Brother Doyle, that seems very rudimentary, you know, very, very uh, simple. It might be simple, but it can change your life. And that is getting, you know, one of the, one of the largest or most frequent uh, expenditures of the church should be to replenish that track rack back there. All along the, the, the bottom row, I noticed there, is God's simple plan of salvation. An excellent, excellent tract. In fact, that's the one I give out most of the time. And I may grab a couple of those before I leave here this week, all right? That, because I, I love to give that tract out. It's written very well, explains the gospel. It's not real lengthy. It's not real short. You know, uh, folks can, can, uh, can read it, read it through fairly quickly. And it explains salvation very, very, very clearly. And that row of tracks on that bottom, pastors should come almost every service and say, wow, gotta replenish those tracks again. You say, Brother Doyle, if everybody starts carrying tracks and everybody starts giving them out, there's only so many people around here, that's okay. Can you imagine a lost person getting getting their third track from Spooner Baptist Church? God's simple plan of salvation. Wow, those people up over there must mean business, you know? It wouldn't hurt for them to get. Now, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, right? And uh, that, that's usually not the problem. In fact, how many of you have ever been handed a tract in your life? You've been handed, handed a tract. Maybe half. You know, maybe half of us. And we're, we're here in church, you know. You can imagine how many folks out there in the, in, in the world have never received a tract. And as you hand out these tracts, you, you say, well, Brother Doyle, what if they refuse one? What's going to happen? They've just refused it, right? Now, I found out that most of the time, if I can develop some type of, of a relationship with them, now this doesn't take hours. It, it doesn't take uh, a half hour. Sometimes it can be a minute, you know. Uh, the person who's, who's checking out your groceries, you know. If, if you just go up to a stranger, most strangers will, will take a tract. Most of them will. Some will give it back to you. Some will say, no, thank you, uh, etc. But if you can develop some kind of little relationship with them, very seldom does someone refuse a tract. Here, here you are checking out groceries and, uh, the ladies, you know, charging you all this money and yourself, you know, and you say, you say, how are you doing today? You know, just, 
just a friendly little conversation. How, how are you doing? You had, a, had a long day at work yet? You know, just a little something like that. And when they, when you're finished, all you have to do is say, hey, I have a, I have a little pamphlet here that shows you how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven. Can I give it to you? Hardly anyone will refuse it. If you have at least said boo to them, you know, you're the gas station attendant. Whoever, uh, someone that you see, someone that you spend just a little bit of time with, someone that's, that, uh, for some reason, uh, you are, you're, you're kind of rubbing shoulders with them. Say, can I give you some? And practice your little speech. If you're not in the habit of giving out tracts, practice your little speech. That's one I often use. I would, I would, I often I would just say something like, here's a little pamphlet that explains how you can know for sure that you're on your way to heaven. Can I give you this? And besides accepting that, sometimes it opens up the door to talk about it. Sometimes they'll say, oh, yeah, what? Yeah, I, you know, I've been wondering about this. It gives the opportunity to explain further. Sometimes you can sit down and either use the tract or just use your Bible to show them clearly the plan of salvation and talk to them and share that, share that with them. But the greatest obstacle is getting over the obstacle of having no tracks. And so start getting in the habit of it and asking the Lord to, to help. And so uh, you, can, you can do a couple, several things with tracks. You can leave them places. I'm not a big fan of that, but uh, sometimes I do. You know, uh, for instance, at a restaurant, if you don't hand it to the uh, waitress personally, which a lot of time, if uh, you know, a restaurant, they're friendly, you be friendly, you can hand it to them personally. But if not, leave one on the table with a good tip, you know. Don't leave a tract if you're going to be chintzy, you know. Uh, just leave a good tip if you're going to leave a tract. So you can leave at different places. Obviously, as I've mentioned, you can engage and you can give. But take advantage of every opportunity to share the gospel. Anyone can give a tract. You know, it might make you very, very nervous to think, okay, take my Bible and, and open it up and, and explain to someone, here's what Christ did for you. And uh, maybe you don't want to start out that way. Start out by saying, hey, here's a pamphlet that shows you how you can make sure that you're on your way to heaven. Can I share that with you? And as you do that, God will give you boldness and God will give you the opportunities to share with people the gospel of Christ. Don't fear man, fear God. Can I challenge you tonight to take this? And, you know, sometimes we hear messages like this, outreach and reaching people and things like that, and we say in our hearts and mind, yeah, I know, you know, I know I need to do that. But then we just kind of get back in the same habit of not doing it. And so I'm giving you a homework assignment tonight. I know this is a little different service, but I'm giving you a homework assignment tonight. I'm going to give you that tract, and I want you to have it gone in the next week. And don't throw it away. Don't put it under uh, something, a, a, a book on your table. Give it to someone. Share it with someone. And many of you, if you're not used to doing that, will say, you know, that wasn't too hard. And pray that God will lead you to the right person or the right place to leave it. But let me encourage you to give it to someone this week, within a week. So next Wednesday, 
when you come to the service, pastor may ask you, how many, how many of you gave a tract out this week? Okay. And, uh, that'd be a pretty good question. And uh, hopefully you, you can say, yes, I did that. But remember, it's not in our, in of ourselves. It doesn't depend on how eloquently we hand them that tract. It doesn't, you know, how eloquently we talk or how, whatever we do. Our strength comes from God. Are we going to fear Him? Are we going to trust in Him and thereby overcome the fear of man? Let's bow together, please. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to ask the pianist and organist just to come just uh, to the instruments, and I don't even think we're going to have any singing tonight, per se, but in just a moment, they'll play softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. But in a message like this, when we've seen Bible truth and Bible principle, we need to react to it, don't we? The Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart. I know all of us could say we need to do better in this area of our life. We need to take more advantage of more opportunities. But perhaps there's even some here tonight that would just admit, you know, I have failed in this area of my life completely. Dear God, I need to change that. I need to at least give someone a gospel tract. I need to share with people, the gospel of Jesus Christ. As the ladies begin to play softly and tenderly, would you do business with the Lord tonight?